Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Today's message comes from Pastor Chris Ria. Good morning, everyone. It's just great to worship with you this morning. Uh, we're in a series called Such a Time as This. And this series is designed to be our response to what's happening in the world. How are we going to respond? What is God sharing with us? How is he leading us? What are some things that he's speaking to us during this time? What are some things that we want to stop doing? What are some other things we want to start doing? Where's the world going? So what is a Christian response to the state of our world? That's what this series is all about. I saw an interesting meme on Facebook the other day, and it said, it was this line that said, who wants to change? And it had all these people raising their hand, or who wants to see change? All these people raising their hands. And then it says, but who's willing to change? No one was raising their hands. So what is our response? What is our response to what's happening? Are we willing to change? Are we willing to say, hey, there's some things that I really think we were doing well before, but there's some, there's some things I want to do differently in my life now. And that's what this series is all about. I love the artwork that our media designer, Sean Terry, put together uh, for this series. I love it because as you see, you see a flower, but it's coming up through a crack. You have this beautiful flower, but it's coming up through a crack. Now, I don't know about you, but when I look at my driveway and the cracks that are in my driveway, I don't see beautiful flowers coming up. I see weeds, right? Anyone else? But that's the irony, that's the beauty of this series is that we believe that even though there's been a crack in our country, even though there's been a crack in the world, that God is going to bring something beautiful from that. And we see it in Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61 is a prophecy of the coming of Jesus Christ. And this is what it says. This is what, what Jesus, he comes to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. We've seen that, right? A spirit of despair. But I, I just have this feeling that the garment of praise is coming. That the restoring, the crown of beauty instead of ashes is coming. It says, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And I love verse 4, it goes on to say, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. I believe hope is on the horizon, church. I really do. I want you to know that there's hope for a really bright future moving forward. There is hope that God is going to bring some beauty from these ashes. 
And obviously, all of our lives have been changed in the last few months. But I want to ask you, what changes are you going to make moving forward? What new things has God been showing you? Have you been journaling? Have you been tracking? Have you been praying? Have you been asking God, hey, what are you trying to show me in this season? What are the new things? What's the new journey you want to take me on in this season? On May 6th of this past year, I turned 40. I turned 40 in quarantine. Yes, I did. And... um, What an interesting birthday, the year 40. You know, throughout Scripture, 40 represents something significant. And and throughout the Scripture, 40 is the number of testing, breaking, discipline, softening, and completion in a lot of ways. We see in Scripture that Jesus was led to the wilderness for 40 days to be tested to be broken in a lot of ways, to prepare him for ministry. The children of Israel came out of Egypt and they were in the wilderness for 40 years because they weren't quite ready to make it into the promised land. So when I turned 40, I decided I wanted to do a 40-day prayer challenge. I also learned that the word quora in quarantine, that original word can signify 40. Because before we had modern medicine, people would quarantine you, quora, they would move you outside for 40 days away from people so that you wouldn't infect anyone and you could recover. So 40 is significant. And so I thought I would, Megan and I thought we would do a 40-day prayer challenge on my 40th birthday moving forward. And we began to write down some specific things that we wanted to see answered by God. And we wanted to, one of those things was we wanted to hear clearly from God on what he's doing right now. Where do we go from here? These are times where we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation like never before. It's not enough to rely on our own knowledge. It's not enough to rely on the news. We need the spirit of God, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation in our life. So that was one of the things Megan and I put down. We want the spirit of wisdom and revelation in our lives to be led and guided by the spirit so we know how to lead in this season. So we know how to hear God in this season. So we know how to encourage people in this season. So we know how to offer hope in this season. You see, with everything going on, we need to hear God like never before. And I believe that God wants to do something new in your life. I really do. I think God wants to let what happened the last few months sink in, but he wants it to change us. Like, if we leave this unchanged, we didn't learn anything. And he wants to change and transform his church. He's trying to get our attention in this season. And we've been tested. We've been broken in a lot of ways. Disciplined and softened and challenged in this season. 
but how are you going to define this moment moving forward? Because when you come to a defining moment in your life, either you define the moment or the moment defines you. What's going to happen in this next season of your life? Some changes need to be made. What are some things that you want to start doing that maybe you weren't doing six months ago? And what are some never again moments that you have in your life? You know, when something like this happens, we have a chance to say, never again will I get caught in this situation. Because we all get humbled in life. We all learn some hard lessons sometimes in life. But it's to teach us something so that we could say, yeah, I messed up. I made a mistake. I didn't do this right. But never again will I be caught in this situation again. And I've talked to a lot of people who've had some never again moments because of what's happening in our, in our world. Some people have said, never again will I ignore racism in this country. Some people have said, never again will I be caught without an emergency fund because it will rain at some point. Some people have said, never again will I get distracted by the pleasures of this world and become apathetic in my walk with God. I'm going to go after him now. Never again will I get caught not knowing what the Spirit is saying to me. Some people have said, never again will I go back to a job that I hate. I've learned life is short and I'm not going back. Other people said, never again will I take my job for granted. I love it so much. I need it. I appreciate it. Some people have said, never again will I take my family or my marriage for granted. What is your never again moment? And what, is, what are the things that you want to stop doing? And what are some of the things you want to start doing moving forward? I believe your life could look completely different if you do two simple things. And I want to share those this morning. Number one, get specific in what you want from God this season. This is a time to reevaluate what life is really all about and what do you want from God in this season. We need to get specific about what we're believing him for. You see, a lot of people choose to pray vague prayers. And they pray vague prayers instead of bold prayers because we're so afraid to get outside of the will of God sometimes. It's a good, um, it's a good motive really in our hearts. But at the same time, I believe God is saying, what do you want from me? You see, God has wired us a certain way. He's given us gifts and he's given us talents. And he's got a plan for us and a purpose for us. But I believe in this season, he's saying, we need to pray like never before. We need to get in our face. But it's in that prayer time that we discover who God is and what he wants in our lives. So get specific. What do you want to see different in your life? What are the desires that God has placed in your heart, maybe for years or decades, but you just have put them on hold. What are those things? What are the ashes in your life that God wants to make beauty out of? 
What are those deep, dark places? Those hurtful places? Those wounds that you have? That pain that you have? Maybe that unhealthy behavior that you have? What are those ashes that God wants to turn around and make beauty out of in this season? It's time to get specific about what these things are and try to move forward. We've been looking at the book of Esther in this series. And what we have found in the book of Esther, just to give a quick recap, is you have Esther who is a Jewish woman and she becomes queen and she married, she's married to King Xerxes. And there's Haman who is um, a leader, a political leader, in the kingdom, and he's a racist, pretty much. He wants to see Jews completely wiped off the face of the earth. He's trying to commit genocide. He puts the plan in place. And really, Israel's hope, the Jewish people's hope, is in Queen Esther. She's the only one who has access to the king. She's the only one in a place of influence who can do something about this. So they decide to pray. They decide to fast because they don't want to be wiped off the face of the earth. They want to live. And so Esther is the one who has to actually get specific about her request to the king. So she prays, she fasts, but then she has to walk into the king chambers and make a request known to him. Now the significance of this is that you don't just walk into the king's throne. You don't walk into the king's chambers. If you do, without being summoned, you have, the king has two choices. He can extend his golden scepter to you, and then you can present your request, or he can kill you on the spot. Those are the two choices the king has. So Esther knows she's putting her life on the line. She walks into the king, into the throne room of the king, and he sees her and he extends the scepter. She comes in. And this is what happens in Esther chapter 5, verse 3. Then the king asked, What is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? What is it you want? You see, it might have been easy to spend all that time thinking about just getting into the throne room of the king. I just got to survive getting into the throne room of the king. I just got to get there. But it wasn't enough to just get there. Then the king asked, what is your request? What is it that you want? And what if she didn't have a plan? Oops. I just wanted to get in here. No, she had to now understand, have a plan, have a request. See, some of us do the same thing. We get into the throne room. And God's going, what do you want? I love you. You're my son. You're my daughter. I want to speak to you. I want to speak through you. I want to lead you. I want to guide you. I'm so glad you're here. Now, what do you want? But most of us can't answer that question. 
I love Queen Esther's response in chapter 7, verse 3. The Queen Esther answered, If I have found favor with you, your majesty, and if it pleases you, grant me my life. This is my petition, and spare my people. This is my request. I have two specific requests for you, Kate. Spare my life and spare my people. She was specific in what she asked. She went boldly into the throne room with a specific request, and guess what? The king heard the request and granted the request. Hebrews 4 tells us we can go boldly into the throne of grace. That we have an advocate in Jesus Christ who's praying for us, who's interceding on our behalf to the Father. And we get in there. What do you want from God in this season? What is that thing you're believing him for? What's the next step for you? What does your future look like? What does your kid's future look like? What is it that you want? What is it that you want from God moving forward? In the New Testament, we all know the story about blind Bartimaeus, right? His name's blind Bartimaeus. He's there. Jesus is walking by. Blind Bartimaeus screams out, have mercy on me, son of David. Have mercy on me. You know what Jesus does? He walks up to blind Bartimaeus and he says, hey, what do you want me to do for you? Isn't it obvious? Isn't it obvious? Why would Jesus ask Bartimaeus what he wants? I believe God wants us to be specific. What do you want from me? What is it in this season I can do for you? I really felt like the Lord is asking that of his people. What do you want? I want to favor you. I want to bless you. I want to lead you. I want to guide you. What do you want? What could your future look like? if you actually leaned on the supernatural power of God instead of just your own strength, what could it look like? What could you do? And I believe new things are going to be birthed. I believe healings are going to take place. Things that you've been believing God for years for are going to be answered. I really do. I believe new ministries are going to be birthed in this season. I believe new jobs and careers are going to be started. I believe restoration of marriages. I believe children are going to come back to the Lord. I believe God is, it's a season coming where God is saying, what do you specifically want? And I'm going to go after it with you in this season, supernaturally. Five years from now, what do you want your life to look like? What do you want your relationships to look like? What do you want your spiritual life to look like? What do you want the condition of your soul to be? You see, we, either, we can either happen to our lives or our lives can happen to us. It's time, church. 
We've been just getting through, just getting by. We've been in survival mode for so long. But this series is about our response now. It's time to move forward. It's time to say, okay, yes, this happened in the past, but I'm moving forward in God, and he's got a plan to prosper me, not to harm me, and give me hope for a bright future. What does that look like for you? What's in your heart? What have you been putting off? What vague prayers do you need to get bold and specific about? So that's number one, get specific. Number two, I really believe it's a season to take action. Take action. A lot of great things are birthed from tragedy. Have you noticed that? A lot of people can get hurt and people deal with pain. But there's also a lot of good. There's also that beauty that can come from ashes. So what areas do you need to take action? When Queen Esther was praying, she was fasting. But then in Esther 5.1, the word of God says this. On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the palace in front of the king's hall. It was time. Now, listen, they could have just prayed and fasted for 40 days, right? And said, God, you do it. You do it all. You take care of it, all of it. We just want, we trust you. We're going to pray a vague prayer that you're going to just deliver us somehow, some way. You do it. But you see, they didn't stop with just prayer. Now, don't get me wrong. Without the prayer and fasting, that situation could have been a lot different. They needed the prayer and fasting. In fact, the word of God says in the middle of the night, God woke the king up and showed him some some important information that he needed to make better decisions. So the Lord did his part. He went before them. But they could have said, God, you do everything. No. No. There was a time that Queen Esther spent in prayer, spent in fasting, spent that time on her face, and then there was a time she had to say, you know what? I got to take action. I got to take a risk. I got to go do something now. I've got to put my life on the line. It's not easy. It's scary, but I got to do it. Mark Batterson says this in his book, Circle Maker. He says, we pray like it depends on God, but we work like it depends on us. And I think that's an important time. It's a time for action. It's a time to rethink your life, reevaluate. Reevaluate some things. What are you dreaming about? Some of us have just stopped dreaming. We've stopped thinking, and I don't care what age you are. If you're in your teens, what does your life look like at 25 years old? If in your 20s, what does it look like at 30 years old? What do you want to see your life look like? If you're older, I don't care if you're 70, 80, 90, what's your legacy going to be? What are the things that God still has for you to do? It's not over. 
God wants us to start believing him for the impossible again. It's time to get specific and take some steps towards this. And throughout history, people have used negative situations to reevaluate their lives, to rise above painful circumstances, and to go make a difference in the world. There have been people in this world that some horrific, unspeakable things have happened to them. But they do not use it as an excuse to just let life happen to them. Some people say, no matter what, never again will I do this anymore. I'm moving forward. And I want to talk about a few people. There's a woman you may have heard of. Her name is Oprah Winfrey. Do you know that she was born into poverty in rural Mississippi to a teenage single mother? She was later raised in the inner city of Milwaukee. She experienced considerable hardship in her life, um, especially being raped at the age of nine years old. She became pregnant at the age of 14, and she lost her son in infancy. That's a hard start to life. And I know a lot of people who could say, man, that's it. She's dealt with so much pain, so much trauma. There's, nothing, there's no hope for someone like that. But listen, Oprah Winfrey became known for her multi-award winning talk show, The Oprah Winfrey Show. She has the highest rated program of its kind in history, and she was nationally syndicated from 1986 to 2011. She's been ranked the richest African-American of the 20th century, the greatest black philanthropist in American history, and was for a time the world's only black billionaire. She's also, according to some assessments, the most influential woman in the world. Now, whether you agree with Oprah or not, that's not the point. The point is, she had a never again moment. She said, that's it, I'm not gonna allow my circumstances to dictate the, my future. I'm not gonna allow the past to dictate the present or the future. I'm gonna go after something. How about this? Iconic actor, Sylvester Stallone. Come on, we all know he's iconic. That's right. Do you know that complications um, he suffered during his mother's labor forced the doctors to use two pairs of forceps on him during his birth? The misuse of these accidentally severed a nerve and caused paralysis in the parts of Stallone's face. As a result, the lower left side of his face is paralyzed, including parts of his lip, tongue, and chin. That, was ha that happened from childbirth accident. So the next time you're making fun of him for the way he talks, think about that for a minute. Um, but that didn't stop him from rising up and creating the Rocky series and taking it to Hollywood and doing this incredible series called Rocky, which was nominated for 10 Academy Awards and won three Academy Awards. He even got steps in Philadelphia named after him. Big statue there. He didn't let what happened to him in his childhood dictate his future. There's a guy by the name of Mark Zupan. 
Now, this guy became a quadriplegic from an accident from a drunk driver. Not his fault. He's driving down the road one day. A drunk driver hits him, and he becomes a quadriplegic. This is devastating. This is hard. But what does he do? He becomes a gold medal winning Paralympic medalist in wheelchair rugby. He's the main figure in an Oscar nominated film. He was a guest at the White House and he skydived and rock climbed. He didn't let his circumstance or the past or the pain dictate what his future was going to look like. He took action. And that's what I believe God's calling us to do. I got one more. Viktor Frankl, imprisoned at several, I'm sorry, several concentration camps by Nazis. His wife and his family were killed in the camps. Can you imagine that for a minute? No fault of your own. Because you're Jewish, you get put in this camp. You want, people want to hate you. They just want to wipe you off the face of the earth. You witness your wife and your kids dying at the hands of murderers. There's nothing you can do about it. Talk about messing you up for life. But this guy wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning, one of the 10 most influential books in the U.S. At the time of his death in 1997, the book had sold over 10 million copies and had been translated into 24 languages. And what I love about this guy's story is not only did he use his story he didn't use it just for selfish gain. He thought maybe, just maybe, my pain can change the world. Maybe my pain can change the way other people think. Maybe my pain can be relatable to someone else's pain. See, that's the reason for pain sometimes, is God uses it so that we can have a story to tell that relates to someone else's story. And it can catapult us into a future that's bright. But it's time to take action. It's time to take action. So what are the action steps you're going to take today, this week? What are you going to do? For some of you, it's time to build a bridge to a new career. You've been thinking about it. You've been talking about it. You've been going to work day in, day out, and you just haven't liked it. But you're saying it's time to do that. And notice I said build a bridge. I didn't say jump off a cliff. <laughs> build a bridge. Sometimes faith and foolishness looks a lot alike, and we got to be careful which one we use. Um, use faith, but maybe build a bridge. For some of you, it's time to put everything aside and work on your marriage. Some of you, that's where you're at. You know, maybe your marriage hasn't been great for a while. And you've let a lot of other things, maybe even serving in the church has gotten in the way of your marriage. And some of you, it's time to put all that other stuff on hold and say, I'm going to work on my marriage. I'm going to get my marriage right. I'm going to fall back in love with my spouse again. We're not going to merely exist and survive in this marriage, but we're going to have a healthy love that lasts a lifetime. Some of you, that's the call. Some of you, 
There's maybe a kid, one of your kids is struggling and, and you need to make them a priority right now. Maybe that's the season that you're in. Maybe some of you, it's time to take action on getting some inner healing from some maybe childhood wounds or from some pain or tragedy or wounds that are deep in your soul that have really set you back in life. Some of you, it's time to to face that addiction head on. It's time to get the soul healthy, to kill the spiders down deep inside and to go after something, uh, healing again, be whole again. For some of you, it's time to start that ministry you've been thinking about or get involved serving somewhere. You've been thinking about it. God's been putting it on your heart. Maybe it's time to lead a life group. Maybe God's been putting it on your heart to lead a life group. And you've wanted to and you've thought about it. Well, guess what? We're having signups right now. No better time. Maybe there's another ministry that God's putting in your heart. What is it? It's time to take some action. Maybe some of you, it's time to tackle that debt that's been staring you in the face, to get your finances in order, to do a budget, get out of debt, have some financial freedom in your life. It's time to take action. I just want to encourage you guys. This is the season. If you're married, I just suggest today, this week, as soon as possible, sit down with your spouse. Get a journal out. And just say, hey, let's do a 40-day prayer challenge together. Let's see. Let's write down a list of specific things that we want to go after in the next 40 days. If you're not married, grab that journal. Sit down. Write write down some things. Go on a 40-day prayer challenge yourself. What do you want to see God accomplish in the next 40 days? I mentioned to you that Megan and I did this. Our 40 days have gone by. Do you know that God answered eight out of the 12 specific prayers that we specifically asked him for? And I believe the other four are coming. But eight out of the 12, what is it that you're believing God for in this season? What are the specific things? And then talk to yourselves, write a plan. How do I take action on these things? The difference between a dream and a vision is a plan. People dream all the time. But a vision has a plan. It has action to it. What are you going to do to accomplish the things that you're specifically asking God for? I believe it could be a whole new future for all of you. You've been placed on this earth at such a time as this. And Linda, I thank you for your word that you gave this morning. It's a confirmation to this message that God sees you, that he has a purpose for you, that it is about who you are in him that will empower you to make a difference on this planet for his glory. What a powerful word that confirms this one. God's got us. 
And he wants to take us to some new places in this season. Let's not go back to life the same way it was. Let's not go back. Let's move forward to something incredible. Don't forget that God is our way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That's who he is. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for that word that was given this morning. I receive it, God. I thank you that you, I have hope in you, that you see me, that you see the people who are listening to this, who are hearing this, who are sitting in this room right now. You see them, you see their lives, and you have that drumbeat. You have something so amazing in store for them. I thank you for that, God. Lord, I pray that you would put it in our heart to get specific, to spend that extra time with you in this season, to not just go back to the apathy we had before this happened, but to spend more time with you in your presence. And while we're in your presence, while we're in your throne room, to get specific about some things that we want from you, God, that you're with us, that we believe in the supernatural again, that we believe you, you want to partner with us to do some things, Lord. Give us the ability to take some action in our lives, Lord. Empower us in this season to be hope in the darkness, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.